It's November 15th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. We have additional details about the meeting between U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping. According to Singapore's The Straits Times, during the meeting, both sides discussed issues including the war in Ukraine, trade, and Taiwan. The White House said the two leaders reiterated their agreement that a nuclear war should never be fought and underscored their opposition to the use or threat of use of nuclear weapons in Ukraine. On Taiwan, Mr. Xi said this was the very core of China's core interests calling it the first red line that must not be crossed in bilateral relations. The Financial Times is also reporting that the U.S. and China will restart stalled climate negotiations following the meeting, bringing relief to the diplomats and climate experts gathered in Egypt at the U.N. COP27 summit on how to limit catastrophic global warming. The Guardian is reporting that Iran has issued a first death sentence over protests that have mounted a fierce challenge to four decades of hardline clerical rule, as rights groups warn that a wave of executions may follow as leaders try to end nearly two months of sustained nationwide dissent. The execution was ordered for an unidentified person for allegedly setting fire to a government building. It followed 272 of Iran's and 290 lawmakers voting earlier this month to implement the death penalty for serious crimes against the state and repeated demands by some officials to take a harder line against unrest that shows little sign of abating. Upwards of 326 people have died in 57 days of demonstrations, which have erupted after the death of a young woman who was detained for wearing her headdress inappropriately. Thousands more have been detained. The BBC is reporting that crowds of residents in southern China's industrial metropolis Guangzhou have escaped a compulsory lockdown and clashed with police as anger at strict COVID curbs boiled over. Dramatic footage shows some overturning a police vehicle and tearing down COVID control barriers. Riot teams have now been deployed in the area. Tensions have been building in the city's Haiju district, which is under stay-at-home orders. The area is home to many poor itinerant workers. They have complained of not being paid if they are unable to turn up to work, and of food shortages and skyrocketing prices while living under COVID control measures. The series of changes announced last week Slightly toning down the rules were seen as a sign that more easing was possible down the road. But even if the government is considering this, it may not be soon enough. Elsewhere, according to Korea's Jungang Daily, the leaders of South Korea, Japan, and the United States agreed to share information about North Korean missiles in Cambodia Sunday. President Yoon Suk Yul, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, and U.S. President Joe Biden released a statement after their second trilateral summit, which lasted around 15 minutes. The leaders said they intend to share DPRK missile warning data in real time 
to improve each country's ability to detect and assess the threat posed by incoming missiles, major step for deterrence, peace, and stability. However, it is unclear how the three countries will share real-time intelligence on North Korea's missiles. Military sources point out the United States will likely be the key to information sharing, and that while there are various systems in place for South Korea and the United States to share information in real time, down to operational units, there is no such network with Japan. The AP is reporting that Haitian Prime Minister Ariel Henry has dismissed Haiti's Justice Minister, Interior Minister, and its government commissioner in a fresh round of political upheaval. Henry did not say why the officials were removed, and his spokesman could not be immediately reached for comment. The dismissals come a month after the U.S. government announced it was pulling the visas belonging to current and former Haitian government officials involved with gangs. The officials were not identified. Earlier this month, the U.S. Treasury Department imposed sanctions on Haitian Senate President Joseph Lambert and former Senator Yori Latortue amid allegations they abused their positions to smuggle drugs alongside gangs and directed others to engage in violence. According to Al Jazeera, emergency workers in Australia have rescued hundreds of people, some from rooftops and trees, as rapidly rising floodwaters in the state of New South Wales cut off towns and inundate homes, farms, highways, and bridges. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation, citing the southeastern state's emergency services, reported on Tuesday that at least 200 people had been rescued from floodwaters over a 24-hour period. An estimated 900 calls seeking help were received. The crises have been caused by a rare multi-year La Nina weather phenomenon, which brings above-average rainfall to eastern Australia. It is the fourth major flood to hit eastern Australia this year. Kenya's The Nation reports that the Ethiopian government on Saturday agreed with commanders of the Tigray Liberation Front to disarm once Eritrean troops leave the war scene. A disarmament agreement reached in Nairobi on the mediation of the African Union negotiators said the rebel group had accepted to surrender both heavy and light weaponry to help end the war. But that decision would be pegged on the departure of foreign forces. The Nairobi document titled Declaration of the Senior Commanders on the Modalities for the Implementation of the Agreement for Lasting Peace through Permanent Secession of Hostilities seeks to ensure an orderly arms surrender of the combatants, but mainly focused on ensuring return to normalcy including unhindered humanitarian aid to the troubled Tigray region. In memoriam, an Iranian man who lived for 18 years in Paris's Charles de Gaulle airport and whose saga loosely inspired the Steven Spielberg film The Terminal has died in the airport that he long called home. According to Al Jazeera, Mehran Karimi Nasiri, 76, died on Saturday after a heart attack in the airport's Terminal 2F around midday, according to an official with the Paris Airport Authority. Police and a medical team treated him, but were not able to save him. Nasseri lived in the airport's Terminal 1, 
from 1988 until 2006, first in legal limbo because he lacked residency papers and later, apparently by choice. Staff nicknamed him Lord Alfred, and he became a mini-celebrity among passengers. According to the New York Times, Spielberg purchased the rights to Nasseri's life story through his production company DreamWorks, paying roughly $250,000. Nasseri also wrote an autobiography titled The Terminal Man, published in 2004. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Jenny Town of the Stimson Center about tensions on the Korean Peninsula. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.